Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week we surgically made our eyes the size of saucers so that we and our crew of kids from the 90s could skateboard our way into the past to solve one of the most famous murder cases of all time. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. So last episode we released the film Killer Hunter. Killer Hunter, a, yes. A stark apocalyptic future where there's uh, political um, hostilities within yep. the Australian uh, national landscape yes. in a way that actually tears the landscape yep. asunder. It manifested in schemes from various uh, locations within Australia to literally break the country apart. It did. So we made that film, uh, but the I mean, the end product's a bit weird, uh, and I'll explain why. So... The climax of the film involves Gerard Butler coming in to save the day as the Rubik's Cube expert. Uh, It is, of course, the only person you can turn to when most of the countries around the world have been literally torn asunder. Uh, So we needed someone like a Gerard Butler type to basically assemble the world back together. Yes. Uh, so the Rubik's company heard that we were doing this and they were like, great, we're on board. And they sent us um, like thousands of Rubik's cubes, right? During production. The thing is, though, all the actors, the producers, us, the director, uh, everyone on set got their hands on these Rubik's Cubes and they were addicted. As soon, right. as, they, as soon as they started using them, they were addicted. We couldn't even get them to stop when we were rolling film. The director was, like, twiddling with it when he was calling action. The, the DOP, she was just, like, pointing the camera in any direction she wanted. So we really had to be really artful when we edited it because all the actors on camera are all operating <laughs> Rubik's Cubes. So some of the shots in the film are basically just like from their eyes upwards because if we got any lower you'd see that their concentration was like fixed to a Rubik's Cube yeah. Uh, so yeah uh, the, the film itself a little bit weird it's sort of a bit hard to understand what's going on Shia LaBeouf I mean just was in the zone for Rubik's but just would not <laughs> say any of his we had to dub all of his lines in afterwards because yeah um, the scourge of the Rubik's Cube there were a couple of shots instead instead of having like a tennis ball on the end of a stick yep. we just have a Rubik's Cube it was horrible like we couldn't uh, use it for green screening it's tr- but it, it, it definitely meant that the, the actors maintained eye focus <laughs> at the right level that they were supposed to be interacting <laughs> did, with yeah. the CGI they, monsters they absolutely did uh, so yeah that was great but um Wait, we had CGI monsters in this too? Yeah, it was... Uh, okay. Uh, did you not see the, the ending where it goes back to the original sort of Pangaea and Gondwana oh, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. and Australia's megafauna yep. uh, because it's also back in time uh, as yep, well yep. comes comes back to life okay. um, and you have giant uh, giant monsters as well. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, and our CGI artists actually rendered them using Rubik's Cubes as well so yeah. we had to, again, artfully cut into the frame to make sure that no Rubik's Cubes snuck in. I don't know, there's probably still a fair few Rubik's Cubes in the film itself. Yeah. I'm sure if you check one of those, like... Reddit forums, there's going to be... Did you see it? Uh, (laughs) One hour, three minutes and 33 seconds, frame 12. You can see the top right corner of a yellow and uh, white edge piece. Yeah, and then someone, like, in another thread was talking about the the discontinuity between scenes as well because, like, in one scene, the Rubik's Cube is almost complete, but in the next scene, it's not. Yeah. So we can't satisfy anyone, clearly. Uh, So, yeah, that was uh, Killer Hunter or Hunter Killer. It was Killer Hunter. Killer Hunter. Yeah. I think the, the other Gerard Butler film is called <laughs> Hunter Killer. I think you're right. All right. On to this week in trailers. And first trailer for you today is Lizzie. Uh, not based on Queen Elizabeth, uh, but actually Lizzie Borden, the, uh, the I guess, notorious uh, serial killer from 
England at some point. England? Is it, no, it's in America. Oh, it's America, says, sorry. She yes, says, you're uh, right. we're in America, sir. Everyone has enemies in America. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know anything about the story itself. No, I don't either. It seems like a very creepy person killed her parents. Yep. And then uh, she is also then very creepy to all the people who are still alive. Yeah. So that's, that's what this film's about. Yeah. Uh, but this film goes a little bit further and I think recontextualizes uh, Lizzie's life as a sort of pursuit of love as well. So Kristen Stewart plays um, Lizzie Borton's love interest in this film. And there's a kind of, I guess, forbidden romance angle going there amongst the murdering and killing. Yeah, and and also like a a hidden thing where Kristen Stewart, who has an Irish accent. Yeah, who knows why? a bad one. It it is actually not that bad. Um, And uh, obviously falls for Lizzie Warden and then obviously potentially discovers her more sinister, darker side. Possibly, yeah. Lizzie's like, now that you see me, what do you think? And she's are you scared? I'm like, oh, this is a weird... It's a weird film, yeah. Um, And surprisingly, no one in this production, aside really from Kristen Stewart, it has any pedigree yeah uh, it's like a first time director for like for film um, yep. I think first time writer for film first as time well. writer for film as well and they really don't have much else to their names no. either so who knows and well i mean this trailer had the huge amount of like accolades attributed to it like you know the ending will shock you uh, a and wonderful like Kristen stewart's on-screen chemistry is, uh, yep, yeah yep, that too so, all, all of that stuff that you get yeah so who knows this could be awards fodder or it could just become fodder yeah <laughs> in a in a drain somewhere the one thing that i found really strange about this was when the title of the film came up with yep. like lizzie mm. it was not in a font which was at all reminiscent of like the no late 1800s like costume and periods no. of, uh, pieces of the of that sort of era it was like i don't know kind of I, modern yeah it was very kind of sans serif modern just yeah. the word lizzie oh my, oh. but i think that's i think one of the like text quotes was like this is a great reimagining for the modern audience or something yeah. and i'm surprised they didn't go full on let's just move it into whatever age we're in right now yeah. whatever year we're in right now uh, but they've kept it as a period piece as well um yeah looks I mean, it looks kind of interesting, I guess. Um, I know nothing about Lizzie Borden, but um, this could become my source of facts about Lizzie from this point onwards. I yeah. don't know. I mean, as we all know, if you ever want a source of fact on any historical event, <laughs> just look to Hollywood. They get it right but every time. Every single time. Speaking of Hollywood getting it right every single time, let's move forward in time a little bit and go to mid-90s. Not the time period. That is the actual name of the film written and directed by Jonah Jonah Hill. Hill. Um, This is a film sort of set in the style of a a nostalgic look at a time period through the eyes of a sort of young, a young boy who um, falls in with, I guess, a, a bunch of youths of the yeah, time the, as the skateboarders skateboarding delinquents weed smoking drinking yeah just sort of like miscreants around town not really yep. getting into fights or anything like that yeah but you know hanging outside the drugstore and the owners don't want in there or yeah. breaking into the school after hours so they can use the park benches to grind their six skateboard yeah skills. sort of mischievous i guess in that kind of los angeles style way uh this film looks great I, I, I don't want to like sugarcoat it at all it actually looks amazing in terms like for for someone who is roughly that age in yep. the 90s 
Yep. It kind of feels right. The yeah. the just the texture of the film quality looks right. They've shot it in a four by three aspect ratio, yeah. which kind of looks right as well. The yep. soundtrack looks good. The like the fashion's good. Yep. Even there's like the everything looks a bit dirty and a bit grungy, desaturated and, as and well. And I'm just like, like yeah, that's what? exactly what the nineties yeah, looked like. Exactly. We didn't it, have color then. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, everyone sort of see, sees the the early nineties as like yeah. I suppose early nineties was very fluorescent. Yes, fresh Prince this of Bel Air stuff. This is mid nineties. In case the title didn't clue you in, <laughs> that's the one like bugbear I have to sort of uh, direct at this film. Why is it called mid? I mean, we can yeah. tell it's the mid nineties. No one before, or so no one born after the mid nineties, rather, is really going to see this film no. and wonder, hmm, what magical time period is this? <laughs> is it the eighteen nineties? No, it's, it kind of feels as though, like as if if Jurassic Park was just called Dinosaur Movie. <laughs> Just like it, it yeah. just—it's blatantly just stating exactly what it is. Exactly, uh, mid nineties. Indiana Jones, Adventure Man. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, aside from—I don't mean—I guess Boyhood kind of had the same thing as well, but even that sounds more whimsical. It's a little bit more poetic. It's yeah. not specifically just blatantly stating exactly exactly what it Film is. Film about boy. <laughs> Uh, all right, see that, I don't know when, sometime this year, but uh, yeah, I'm, I might go see that. Yeah. I might take time out of my busy producing schedule and go and see it. All right, final trailer for this week's episode is Alita Battle Angel. Uh, I'm not sure if we've talked about this or not, but this is the sort of first full trailer that we've yeah, seen. Yeah, we definitely watched a teaser probably four or five months ago. Yeah. I'm not sure if it made the cut or what happened with it, but this is, yep. this is as you said, it says trailer number two, and it is... Uh, much more of the the story yeah. behind the, I mean, um, yeah. the film. I mean, I can see why it didn't make the cut last time because it looks horrible. So uh, it centers around uh, an android, I, I believe, called Alita, who was found by Christoph Waltz. Yep. Um, she looks like, effectively looks like a normal human, except she has these gigantic CGI-ridden eyes. It's, um, it's as if they've made anime characters come to life. Exactly, where, yeah. You know, the the eyes are just grotesquely large Stupidly on this large, very yeah. sort of, like, elfin face. Yep. Um, uh, and it's kind of creepy to look at. Yeah. There's certain moments where this thing sort of, like, turns around and you're like, oh, this is not, not a horror film. All right. The, yeah. the weird shudders of your yeah. giant bulbous eyes on your face right. uh, is causing me terror, yeah. even though it's supposed to be sci-fi action. There's, yeah, there's one particular moment where she sort of looks at someone and smiles in a kind of like, hey, I'm pretty friendly kind of way. And we just went, ah, get away. Um, so story-wise, it seems to be a kind of like... Uh, a, a sort of self-discovery kind of film. So she is... Uh, I think, I mean, I think Christoph Waltz just discovers her yeah. head in a pile of trash. Yep. Um, sort of reanimates it. So you have a very human brain yep. um, and she has no memory and she's like, you have no idea how lonely it is to be this android with no memory. Yeah. Uh, discovers that she has kind of inbuilt fighting powers yep. and starts battling the um, kind of razor-clawed, sword-wielding, um, robot maniacs of the, the post-apocalyptic yeah. it's not even post-apocalyptic it's, it's sort of very grungy sci-fi future yeah. and then I think later on she discovers that her body has been sort of waiting for her somewhere else and she then has to she's upsetting the balance of power between the criminal overlords yada yada she, yeah. it, it, it is Astro Boy uh, <laughs> but, a, uh, but a girl but a girl yeah uh, exactly yeah Based on based on a, a manga of a very similar name, Battle Angel Alita, um, and just I, it just looks boring, right? It like does. The, the trailer, the trailer does all these like elaborate CGI fight sequences, but you don't care because like the the fight, like the 
things that she's fighting are just there. Yeah. There's no reason for them to be there. They're just there. They're just there to give her something to punch and kick and use turbo lasers at. And I, I just like, I'm so bored. I am just so bored watching this. Uh, comes at us from the lovely producing mind of James Cameron and John Landau. Uh, but I just don't care. Is so Robert Rodriguez involved in this one at Robert all? Robert Rodriguez directed it. So it's okay. got that kind of, again, like over-the-top action that you simply cannot care about. I I cannot empathize with computer models fighting computer models. No. Like, it, it's the problem, I think, that the, the Matrix films had where uh, the first one, they did all wire stunts. Yeah. And it looks really great because the actors are actually in those scenarios yeah, yeah. fighting. And then the second one, it's just <laughs> Keanu Reeves's CGI character fighting um, Hugo Weaving's <laughs> character and it looks stupid. I'm yeah. like, I just I just don't care. Yeah. Um, maybe that makes me a bad person that I can't empathize no, with, it doesn't. with like animated like nothing no. but th- this is like I'm like most of this film is just CG characters like yeah. and it's like you know this guy he's in this giant mech suit or he's like biomorphed with like uh, yeah. replaced his limbs with a giant robot yeah. and I'm like well you're not a real person like even your face looks computer generated they didn't yeah. even bother putting a real face in there exactly and then big eyes Lolita I'm like you may have got an uh, an actress in there at some stage to to play that but in those action sequences where you're diving between people's razor claws <laughs> that's that's not you that's all just computer generated I I really wouldn't care yeah, if I, you've I just, got hacked and slashed to pieces yeah, at that exactly. point I mean it's bad enough that like you know the uncanny valley kind of prevents you from sort of empathizing with any of those characters when they're trying to be real but like our protagonist has gigantic eyes that just don't look real in any sense of the word so i'm like who do i i'm caring for christoph waltz at this point and the like slow like descent of his career uh that's the that's the only thing i can possibly care about in this film and yeah anyway see that i don't know whenever you want (laughs) If it ever comes out. If it ever comes oh, it out. It will come out and it will make a lot of money. Apparently it's being repeatedly delayed by uh, Avatar and its sequels. So Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, those are the three trailers for this week's episode. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room. Let's go. Nicely synchronized. It was a little bit. Uh, We'll do a quick recap of the three trailers that we have available this week. Yes. Uh, Firstly, we have a uh, historical murder uh, reimagining. Reimagining. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely they're definitely wearing costumes, and there's definitely murder involved. Yep. Uh, We have a um, nostalgic look back at a very specific time period done in a very. Uh, recognizable way, also like very crisp. I think yeah. I think that's that's the one but also, thing here. Also, like a, a very mature look at a little boy's journey through life yeah, and like, that particular like, coming of age. The, I guess the, the framework of that nostalgia piece is yeah probably a coming of age story. Yeah, and finally we have a uh, futuristic <laughs> robots uh, CGI CGI fest fight yep. kill yes um, destroy exactly. Now I believe that I chose last episode, so the honor goes to you. I think. The thing that movie film studios would do best mm-hmm. is the sci-fi one. Yes. I think that's the one that would get us the most money. Yep. But I'm sick of it. Okay. I'm so sick of it. So am I. I don't want CG <laughs> fighting robots. Yep. I want to see what we can do with costume murder. Okay. Um, we, we pick a time period. We pick a... We make nice fancy costumes. Yep. And someone is 
killing people. Great. Whether it's Sweeney Todd or yep. Lizzie Borden, yep. it doesn't matter. There's right. de- there's definitely like um you you know how they're wearing that nice frilly white lace yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just like it's a little bit off colour it's a little bit cream yep. and then they're like doing something with their hands and then blood splatter blood splatter and you yeah, see yeah. the blood splatter on the cream cravat yep. um, that's that's the kind of film that I'm after okay great if we go let's go back like super far back like I'm thinking like you know the Marie Antoinette kind of Ooh. extravagance of the, I, I went uh, further back I went, further. I, I went to Roman times but I like that Ooh, French, yeah. I like that French feel because that's like in terms of costuming yeah. got a lot of a lot to play exactly, with exactly yeah so okay so we'll do it around about that time um, what is that time period there's a uh, particular name for it it's but, uh, Baroque maybe Baroque mm, yeah maybe Let the me. Enlightenment is the <laughs> historical period after the Renaissance <laughs> yep. that's sort of focusing on the, the French discovery there yep um, I mean, I chose that period purely because I just like the impracticality of a murderer having having to dress like that before they can go out and murder. I, you know what I'd like? Yep. Imagine, if you will, mm. for a moment, mm. that there's a famous person touring around the country. Yes. And that famous person has a dark side. Oh, yeah. And people turn up dead in the places that he goes to ah, visit. Yeah, and people wake, turn yeah. a blind eye because he... Is the music prodigy Mozart? Oh, and yes! Mo- Mozart is a secret serial killer. Yes, killing people from Salzburg yep. to to Berlin yep. to to Barcelona, <laughs> um, everywhere that he Vienna, goes. Yep. Yeah, okay, oh, I love this. All right, so we're reimagining Mozart's life. Was Mozart the the deaf one? Or was that Beethoven? That was Beethoven. Okay, dang. Uh, but that, I mean, they. I'm sure that they kind of lived it similar. It's a reimagining. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So um, Beethoven. So in in the classic film, like I think nineteen eighty four, I want to say Milos Forman did um, uh, Amadeus. Amadeus, yep. There they build up a bit of a rivalry between Mozart and uh, Salieri. Sa- yes, okay. I want to cast Salieri as like a Sherlock Holmes style yeah. character yeah. who is who is like uh, always a- like is on the case of this um, person yep. and potentially doesn't even realize that this sort of young musical protege yep. who he's mentoring is oh, also the even it, also the secret murderer. Yes, so like right under his nose, yeah. his protege Mozart is the one that's going out. So like when <laughs> I love this cuz you can do like little cute things as well like why have haven't you practiced today, Mozart? Oh, I just was a bit busy. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I just forgot. Um, okay, yeah, great. So, excellent. Um, this is great because what we can also do is recontextualize like stories about Mozart and rumors, even some some of the songs as well, some of the pieces that he yeah. wrote. Imagine like like Moonlight Sonata. Is that, yeah. is that one of his? And and it's just like he he like gets the idea for the tune as he's like slicing someone's throat exactly. Like, yeah, uh, in the moonlight. I think that he may have been credited credited with writing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star as well Perhaps, or something like that. Yep. Um, but but definitely like you know his first like he was writing um uh his first concerto at the age of three. Yep. And he'd already murdered. Oh. At that at age, three. at the age of three. <laughs> well, okay, we're gonna have to elaborate on this because what? How? I, I'm, I'm envisioning maybe tiny little Mozart. His mother, mother has fallen asleep in the bath. Yep. What's that? Mozart's hands pushing down on oh her my face so as she struggles to to breathe. Not and, even accidental. No. Like actually vindictive. Wow. So you're saying like in this Mozart is. A maniacal like villain, absolutely. But but he does it with that sort of like cold, calm pathology <laughs> that that you sort of get from uh, Christoph Waltz in uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yep. Had that I I am so calm and collected as I murder people. Yeah, this is this very sort of dark, yes. um, calm yep. facade that Mozart brings yep. to his oh. his horrific serial killer yeah, ways. It almost like flows to a rhythm, perhaps, foreshadowing a potential future career as a musician and a song yeah. and a, a, 
what do you call a songwriter that isn't a composer? Composer, that's the word I'm looking um, for. Okay, so I, I really like this, and and I think Matt, Mozart's one of those ones who tragically died young. Yes. Um, or did he? No, I'm I'm actually thinking there's a showdown with Salieri. Salieri, yeah, and yeah. and and what history doesn't say is that Salieri got to a point where he, he had to he just had to kill Mozart. Yep. Because like if he didn't kill Mozart, Mozart would just go on killing. Yep. And he's like, can I deprive the world of mo- even more beautiful music? Yeah. Or do I have to protect the See, world from that. the monster that is Mozart? Can we also? I don't want to jump to the end here, but I want to do a, a an ending that maybe sets up the idea that maybe he didn't kill Mozart. So you know how the end of Inception ends on that like spinning yeah. top and you're not sure whether or not it's going to fall over and reveal that it was all a dream or it wasn't. Yeah. I kind of want to do that for Salieri as well so that you don't know if like a la Hitler rumors spring up that like yeah. Mozart is still alive and that his sort of past like his his family since then has just gone on and continued the family trade. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we should end it like that. Because, like, that, that kind of, like, journey within himself, Salieri, um, to, like, whether or not to kill Mozart and kill the music or let him, let him live, but then inadvertently kill other people as a result. Yeah. I like that kind of, like, dichotomy there. So I think we should do that. Just like at the it. end, we don't know. We don't know if Mozart dies or if he uh, lives to kill another day. Yeah. Uh, great. Okay. So I like the idea of, like, um, Salieri kind of like uh, starting to suspect stuff, right? So like what triggers him to suspect Mozart? What are some of the things that happens, right? So I like I like a drop of blood on the ivory piano key. Perfect. Yeah. Just yep. like, uh, and, and it's just sort of like, yeah, he's like, it starts putting this, he's like, oh, oh so they found some more bodies in Salzburg. We, yeah, yeah. We, we were just in Salzburg yeah. last week. And then he starts like connecting the dots. Like musical notes. Yes. <laughs> I would also like the idea that Mozart gets a bit brash and starts like writing music with like blood. Oh, right. So, like, it's like oh, can... that's a very interesting crimson ink that you're writing that's with right, yeah. Mozart. And he's like, yeah, I feel like it flows. I get more creative flow. That's when... right. Or he just blames his eyes or something. So maybe like he takes after Beethoven who was deaf and just says, my vision's not great. My corneas react more to red than yeah. uh, to black, I guess. Uh, and therefore, I must paint, I must uh, compose in red. Yeah. But little does he know that it's just a vial of blood that he's dipping his quill into yeah. to notate that sheet music. And then okay. he sort of just puts it in his mouth to find the tip of the quill. Oh. And you're like, oh, Mozart, blood in his mouth. <laughs> weird. So right, very, can very Can we make weird. it even creepier? Uh, you know how, like, piano keys of that era were made of ivory? Yes. Well, there's a certain other... Oh, enamel teeth. Uh, yeah. is, he, is he making? Is he making? Maybe that's the thing. Or bones? Ma- yeah, that's. I think maybe um, potentially Mozart is making a secret piano yeah. of, of human human bone. Yep, yep. And um, is yeah, and is gradually replacing his keys one by one. And as the film progresses, yep. you, see, you see like they're not they're originally just sort of nice all white sort of keys. Yeah, and some of them are a little bit off white, some are a little bit grey. <laughs> and like he's got he's got one. How many keys on a piano? Eighty eight keys uh, on a piano. Generally, yes, something like that. Twenty one. Yeah. Or so, so so um uh eventually like he's killed like a hundred and. Uh, 121 or 88 people or yeah, how many it yeah. happens to be he's slowly replacing the keys on the piano yeah yeah and, and that, they, that's one of the things maybe that like halfway through the film Salieri starts realising that like a new key appears on the piano so he's like replacing the keys yeah but a new key appears every time the news of someone being murdered yeah. like gets announced through the city 
There's no newspapers at that point, were, were there? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just imagining that town cry or something. Uh, yeah, let's go with town cry. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> so, um, and every time, like that time, that town crier cries out, Salieri just suddenly realised that there's a new piano key here every yeah. time, and he's just like, "What is going on here?" All right, uh, this is great. This is, I, I feel like this is also Silence of the Lambs esque. Buffalo Bill sort of collecting yeah. victims to make um, the the skin suit. I vaguely recall watching a film called Perfume. Yes, which is based on the book, book yes. by Patrick Zuskin, yes. I think his name is. Um, and this feels very much like the same sort of period. Yes. And I kind of feel as though he may have killed people to get their smells or uh, something yes, like that. Yes, he did. Yes, I'm, I I vaguely recall watching it with my parents. Going, this is a really weird. film. <laughs> it's pretty weird, and the book is equally as weird. Uh, uh, it has has elements of that to it. Yes, so. I love this. All right, great. Now, um, we need to set up a showdown between yes. Salieri and Mozart. See what's really weird in my head. This is. Um, Obi Wan versus Anakin at the end of Episode Three. It's like I'm, 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 I'm not sure where in Europe. There's a giant fiery lake of lava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it definitely needs to be set somewhere there. So you really okay? No, um, <laughs> it's gonna be a while to get there. Um, I need. To, I, I think a piano like duel of some kind needs to happen. Uh, so maybe Salieri like. Uh, sets up a like, piano duel with Mozart. So maybe like Mozart. Uh, leave Salieri, um, so he's like, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been taught enough. You. I've yeah. outgrown you. Yeah. I'm the better piano player than you. Um, but like Salieri's like, I know exactly what's going on here. You're been, you've been murdering people and replacing um, your piano with like human bone keys. Yeah. Uh, and you've clearly finished. So what I want to do is set up I this. Think, like, I think he needs he needs one more. One like, more. I think he, like the the thing is like his first his first piano key was his mother. His, oh, his, like yeah. And I think like the thickest bone in the body is the. Um, femur. Yep. The so he he's making them out of the, that femur bone. Yep. First one he gets is his mother's, and I think we maybe set up a, a thing where um, he's married. Yep. Um, and he's going to go. Well, I'm going to kill my wife now. Okay. And my wife's is going to be the last one, and maybe we even set up a bit of a thing where Salieri has a bit of a thing for Mozart's wife. Ah, okay. Uh, this, Love triangle. This, yep. This, yeah. This woman had uh, chose chose Mozart over him, and now he's figured out that her life is in danger, and kind of to spite Salieri. Yep. Um, Mozart's going to kill his own wife to finish the collection. Oh, wow. That's twisted. So they're going to be... I was about to say we could call it the Bone Collector. (laughs) (laughs) A different film entirely. Let's bring in those influences as well, which I believe had like a a paraplegic... Uh, Denzel Washington Washington was sort of trapped in um, uh, in bed with like, you know, the only able to communicate with his like I think he was no he's a quadriplegic, quadriplegic I believe, and at that then point. he had like Angelina, Angelina Jolie Jolly's like a young rookie who would go out and and sort, sort of, of investigate yeah. uh, crime scenes and stuff can we bring that into this sure we've absolutely. brought Star Wars we've brought um, Amadeus we've brought Perfume and, and the Bone Collector and the Bone Collector and Silence of the Lambs um, so yeah I, I mean like most film directors do this though they always like look at films that they liked yeah. in the past it's, it's just benchmarking exactly like we're, we're, we're com- um, comparing our films against great films yep. or really weird films you watched with your family on DVD and yep. didn't know what perfume was <laughs> but it was definitely really strange um, right. and so you know that that's the kind of you know yep. the points that we're, the, the road markers that we're going to meet along the way yep. I have this image in my head of like there being like a, a concert being played 
Yes. And Mozart's kind of looking at Salieri, and so maybe Salieri's playing violin, yep. and Mozart's playing piano, and they can, f- like, there's this tension between oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And little Salieri doesn't know, but, like, on the stage underneath, someone's being hung <laughs> by, like, a violin string. Oh, man. And, like, as he's playing, it's like, you know, we're, we're playing, are we going to rescue? Is time yep. going to run out? And Mozart's playing longer, and Salieri's like, I'm here for the music, so I've got to keep playing, but yep. in the back of my head, I've got to rescue this person. Yep. And there's, like, this, this build-up of tension. Oh, I've got a, yeah, I've got a great way to do this, and another influence we can bring in there's a classic warner brothers cartoon which involves daffy duck playing a piano that's been rigged with explosives yep. and when he plays a particular high note in the tune this enchanted evening it explodes oh right so i like the idea that mozart has like set up this insane rig yeah that like one of the piano keys that in this piece is like a like one last note which is like the highest note yeah and when he plays that note it will trigger the trap door trap underneath door. the stage to drop, hanging the person underneath it. Yeah. Maybe it'll be the wife, actually. Let's yeah, make it yeah. the wife. And, and and she maybe maybe this person's actually on stage playing with them. Yes. And she's kind of like tear like tears she knows what's gonna happen and yeah, tears yeah. are running down as she's playing her music because she knows that as soon as the trap door opens, oh, she, okay, she's so, gonna actually ah. she's gonna be on stage, the yep. trap door's gonna open and she's gonna fall down yep. and be hung. Okay, so this is a private concert. Hanged? Sorry, I apologize for the grammar people out That's there. That's all right. Um so this is going to be just a private concert because I envisaged. No, no, uh, it's in front of it's in front, it's of, in front a full of a full crowd. But he can't get away. How is Mozart going to get away with that? How, how indeed? How has he got away with it this entire time? It's this brash performer that the world has fallen in love with. Yep. That that he can like yeah that and Salieri's like he's like he's getting bolder. He, if he's he's killing people in front of a crowded yep. house. Yes. Crowded house. Is that a good name for? A, um, yep. and, and, uh, and 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 that's when when he kills the the woman that Salieri yes. loves, yep. his own wife. Yep. It gets to the point where he's just like no more, and this triggers the the showdown yep. between the two of them. Because Salieri's love is something so strong. <laughs> um, all right, great. So how is that going to manifest then? Is Salieri going to like dive onto the stage and prevent that key from being pressed, or is it going to be like? a la Daffy Duck and, and Bugs Bunny where like Daffy Duck's always trying to get Bugs Bunny to play that note and Bugs Bunny just sort of incorrectly misses it and then Daffy Duck says this is how you play it and then sets off the explosives yeah. is that how Salieri's going to do I, it? I think, I think Mozart does press the button yep. and the, the woman um, does fall yep. and is hanged to death Yep. and then there's a chase scene through the streets I keep saying Salzburg because like for some reason I think Mozart was born in Salzburg yep. and then um Move to like Vienna. Vienna is another place. Yeah, let's let's correct. do a, let's do a chase let's do scene. In, let's do in Vienna. Yeah, it's through the streets of Vienna. We'll have. I mean, there's there's so many opportunities to go through because he toured all around when he was um uh, younger. So we go through all of those cities. We get lots of different costume pieces. Yep. Lo- all, all of them bloodied up by yep. lots of different gruesome murders. Yep. Eighty eight of them, in fact. Yep. <laughs> and um and so the final one is is a chase scene through the streets yep. of Vienna. Okay. Under under the the moonlight, the same moonlight that he he wrote Moonlight, moonlight Sonata. Sonata in beautiful. So I'm just getting a, a, a call from the Academy, actually, just giving some background information on Mozart. Uh, so at, you are correct. He was born in Salzburg. Um, at 17, he was engaged as a musician at the Salzburg court, but grew re- restless and traveled. Allah ran out of victims, rather. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and traveled in search of a better position. While visiting Vienna in 1781, he was dismissed from his Salzburg position. Ooh. Slash booted out of the town for murdering too many people. Uh, and chose to stay at the capital. Um, during his final years in Vienna, he composed many of his best-known symphonies and then died at 35. 30, only 35. Did he write Moonlight Sonata? Is that? Am I making that up? Um, I, look, I, I, 
maybe let's see what the oh dear <laughs> uh the academy is saying no <laughs> no what's the moonlight one that he did right a little bit of night music eine kleine nacht music um mm, debussy wrote moonlight sonata didn't he <laughs> yeah he did oh man that's all right. Sorry, Debussy. That's all right. Um, I mean, or did he? Or is, is Debussy really just Mozart? Just, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I think I'm thinking... There's something Moonlight-ish that Mozart did. Um, uh, maybe I'm thinking of a little bit of the, night music. The Academy is not really illuminating anything on that particular um, train of thought. Uh, let me see what I can find for you. Did he did the I marriage of Figaro. Classic of music. Classic music is not my my strong suit. What what are Mozart's? Serenade number thirteen. Serenade. Moonlight serenade. No, uh, no. Number, it was Ein Klein Nacht music. Yeah, a little bit of night music. Cool. Sure. Uh, symphony number forty. First movement allegro. Yeah, sure. His. I think he did mumbo number five as well. Overture to the map. <laughs> That's right. His family has continued on and is now like Lou yeah. Beager, who produced one song and then vanished from this earth. Uh, okay, I there's... think you're forgetting Lou Beager's follow-up song, I Got a Girl. <laughs> yeah, the follow-up <laughs> song? He did. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay. <laughs> Not as prolific as Mozart, clearly. No. Overture to the Marriage of Figaro. Marriage of Figaro, is, uh, there you go. Quite a famous one there. Rondo Alla Turca. Apologies to whatever language That's that is. That's weird. Dave Brubeck does a song called Rondo really? on the Turk. Yeah, uh, there, you there you go. Must have got it from there. Uh, Piano Concerto number 21, second movement, Adante. And uh, Amadeus the movie. He didn't direct that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So there's, there's got to be there's some Marriage of Figaro. Marriage of Figaro. A little do. bit of night music. Yep. Um, I still... I think we've got to just we've got to put Moonlight Sonata in there, <laughs> even if you didn't Let's do just it. call it's it. A, well, just, no, the film is called Moonlight Sonata. Interesting. I, I just... I, you know, it doesn't matter. We're taking liberties with history here. Like, exactly. I'm pretty certain that Mozart wasn't a serial killer. Or was he? I don't know. Because uh, I was thinking you're going to call it, like, a little bit of night murder. Oh, I like that name better, actually. <laughs> All right, maybe we just scrap Moonlight Sonata. Yeah. So anytime, just if you're listening to this podcast, just rewind. And every time we say Moonlight Sonata, just imagine us saying Marriage of Figaro instead. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> So we're calling this film a little bit of night murder. Uh, and it's going to end in a chase sequence in Vienna, pursued by Salieri, um, and then we don't know yeah. if Mozart dies or if he's left alive to kill again. It, maybe, maybe he doesn't. Maybe maybe, maybe uh, he says, like Salieri goes, um, I'm going to tell everyone I killed you, but he breaks his fingers so Mozart can never play piano again. Ooh. He can never create music. He's like, yeah. I can't bring myself to kill you. Yep. But if I stop you from making music, and that's the passion that drives yeah. you to murder. That's right. Yep. That's like a, yeah, it's a bit of a feedback loop there. So he needs uh, he needs a piano to write his music, but in order to write his music, he needs keys on that piano. So he needs to murder. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Perfect. So if he doesn't have the compulsion to write music then the compulsion to murder also goes away so maybe we also need to hint that that at the start so maybe like that three-year-old mozart murders his mum because his mum says no more piano time oh yeah i was like, thinking smashes like, his toy piano or something his his mother's like whistling a tune in the bath yeah and and maybe it's moonlight sonata maybe it is moonlight sonata <laughs> or uh marriage of figaro uh, uh and um and he like he he steals it like he, he, oh, he steals ki- ki- it. kills okay, her yeah. and steals the tune. Yep, just like the 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 lady who's like whistling um, a little bit of night music in the park. He yes. kills her and that sort of like little refrain that she was uh, just okay, sort of like yes, coming so to herself becomes the piece of all like into the perfume. 
that the, the killer was sort of killing other people for their sense. Yeah. He's killing other people because they're just whistling random tunes that he must have. Yeah, possibly. Okay. Possibly okay. something like that. Yeah. That's good. That's pretty twisted and, and dark. <laughs> can we find out what the, the German word for murder is? Uh, yes, we can. Let me just consult um, the, uh, the academy. I've got high hopes on this one because um, German is a rather brusque language at the sure. best of times. Uh, let's see what the Academy says. Mord. Eine kleine Nachtmord. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. So we're going to have it in German? I think so. I think All the right. Eine kleine Nacht music is in um, German, so there's no Perfect. reason we can't have Eine, Eine kleine Nachtmord. It also gives our film a bit of arthouse cred. Exactly. You know, And it, that's, I mean, that's really the, the audience that we're going for. This is not your... <laughs> is, um, is it really? I mean, unless unless they also have jetpacks and are fighting <laughs> robot half-human hybrids... <laughs> We're not going to earn, like, I well, think over $100 million So basically you're saying that cinema girls could walk out of Amadeus and then come into our film and they'd be the exact same audience. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Cool. 100%. Right. That's, that, that's what they're after. <laughs> so they're after period accuracy and uh, drama and then straight into semi-fictionalised murder exactly. serial. Okay. We need to cast this. We do need to cast this. We yeah. need a good Mozart. Um, I mean, there's only there's three roles. There's, yep. there's And I feel so. there's a little bit of the prestige in this one as well. Oh, you yeah, have yeah, the, yeah. Very much the prestige um, in this. So, uh, How many I other mean, films can we reference in this episode? Uh, F. Murray Abraham, I think, played Salieri <laughs> in the original... Um, in Amadeus. In Amadeus. Yep. That sort of like kind of... He's a quite a tall man. He's quite got a got quite a stern face. I kind of th- yep. I like that casting for Salieri. Is there someone similar we uh, can bring to the role? Well, I don't know because I'm looking at pictures of Mozart. Well, I'm being sent pictures of Mozart rather, um, and I'm trying to get a, a sense of what act. I mean, he's got a kind of he looks like a young Robert De Niro. Okay. Um, I mean, we obviously can't cast Robert De Niro, but does De, no. De Niro have any any offspring? I don't, I don't think so. No. What about um. Uh, Alton Einreich, who the the from uh, Solo, Solo, and uh, that the Cohen Brothers film as well. Which yeah, the name Hail of. Caesar, Hail Caesar. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, let me just. I'll just show you the picture that I'm being sent. Just tell me what you think. And here's a couple of young Mozart picks. He's very creepy looking. He is creepy, weird, so baby face. Creepy looking. He looks like the guy who played Hornblower a little bit, whose um, name is very Welsh, and I can't remember what it is right now. Hornblower. Hornblower. Um, uh, Owen, but spelt like I O. Oh yeah, uh, Gruff Grufford. G R U F F U D D. Yeah. And then his first name is I O A N. Yeah. You're uh, you're right. He does look like that. Owen Gruff. Could we get him in to play Salieri? He's a bit too sharp. I like that sort of round nosed. Sort of baggy eyed yeah. Walter Matthau looking <laughs> F. Murray, F. Murray Abraham. Who's who's a young a young version of that? Of F. Murray Abraham? Yeah. I need to I need to be sent this picture. No one young looks like F. Murray Abraham. Just uh in case you were wondering. So Mozart's got that very very sort of sharp features, a pointy nose, those kind of like high arching uh cheekbones. Yep. What about someone like Tom Hiddleston? Tom Hiddleston from uh, Loki from Loki, the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. yeah he I works. I, he he goes. He does those quite sort of artsy kind of projects. Yeah. I've seen him a few times wearing uh, like a, a bit of rough. Yep. Um, the good thing is, pretty much anyone in the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't have to work anymore. So exactly. They're happy to do weird art house niche uh, uh, roles and and um, and do them well. So yeah, Tom Hiddleston sounds absolutely perfect for that. So he's playing Mozart. Yeah, I also kind of liked Hugh Jackman. I know I mentioned the Prestige from the Prestige yeah. as um as Salieri. your uh, Salieri yep. type character. Perfect. 
Um, okay, I like that. So now we just need Mozart's wife, yes. I guess. And I I'll just cast anyone, really. I don't think we could just cast... I think this is a very important... What about Emma Watson? Emma Watson. Yes. Is she too young for Hugh Jackman to be fallen in love with? Or do we need someone who's a little bit older? That's a little bit creepy. That is actually a bit creepy, It is a bit too much. Who's a slightly older Emma Watson? (laughs) Rachel McAdams? Uh, Yeah, she'd be all right. I think that's all right. I think Rachel McAdams and Hugh Jackman and Tom Hiddleston would make this nice sort of like... Yeah. triumvirate in Eine kleine Nachtmord. <laughs> um, okay. A little bit of night murder. A little bit of night murder. Yeah, okay. I, that's perfect casting. Excellent. Like All right, so that's a little bit of night murder um, starring Tom Hiddleston, Hugh Jackman, and Rachel McAdams, or as it's actually going to be called. Uh, I'm not... I, what is it? Eine kleine Nachtmord. Okay, there we go. <laughs> See it on Mephuzzle probably tomorrow. <laughs> and I think that's a wrap. You are right. Okay, Housekeeping, as per usual, we are online at moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our episodes, our bios, and of course, Mufuzawudadu, our database of films that we've created on this podcast. Search Facebook for Movie Film Studios and join the community where we post clues. Yeah, a little bit tough titles. Week. Lizzie, not a good emoji. Mid 90s. What? I just put the number 95. And I. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that works. Uh, and what was the other one? Oh, God. Battle Angel I think, Lolita. Uh, uh, to be fair, I think Battle Angel is the easiest one of the yeah, lot. You're probably right. We'll see how it goes. Maybe Lizzie can just put, like, the queen or something. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, we are also on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and any other place that you get uh, podcasts. We also just fixed a bug on our iTunes yeah. feed which was cutting off all, most of our previous episodes so, to be uh, fair it, it was only listing the last 20 episodes yes. and I think the last 26 episodes have been really good pretty good yeah so I mean there were 6 episodes in there that are really worth listening <laughs> to that you couldn't access you can get to them now yes so. you can uh, if you want give us a rating on any of those platforms and we will be eternally grateful and I do mean eternally I will go to my deathbed knowing that you voted for us and gave us a good rating and I'll be very happy about it so please do that if you can and I think that's it all that remains is to thank you for listening again this week I've been Isaac and I've been AJ roll credits roll credits